Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Hi there. It's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. I see the fun. Oh, what is that clicking sound? I don't like it. Nope. What is it? I don't know what the clicking noise is, and I don't like it. Oh, wow, this directional mic is two directional. It's really, really picks up everything in the room, and I don't want that sound. You can hear the washing machine in the background, but it's like... You know how in my podcast where you can hear the laundry, I'm so much closer to my laundry machine at home than I am to the one that's in the place I am now. And I'm like, you should, <laughs> this mic is so good. You should not be able to hear that. Am I going to do anything about it? No, because this is I Seem Fun, the Diary of Jen Kirkman podcast, episode 223. You can follow us at I Seem Fun, us, again, it's just me, at I Seem Fun Podcast on Twitter, facebook.com slash I Seem Fun Podcast. Now, why am I still on Facebook and Twitter? These these tools of Russian agents. Um, I don't have any other choice right now in terms of getting the info out to you. If we all quit both of them at once and you would all join my email blast, well, and everyone in the world listen to my podcast, then I wouldn't need it. But that hadn't happened yet. Brooklynites and Manhattanites, please come to see me at the Bell House in Brooklyn. It's a wonderful venue. Um, if you're in Manhattan, you're like, nah, 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 nah. trust me, it's gorgeous. It's Friday, March 2nd, 8 o'clock show, live episode of Icing Fun. Bring a friend, bring a virgin Icing Funner. There are people, you young folk under 21 are writing to me that you can't get in. Um, I've run into this problem with the bell house before cause it's 21 and over, but I do believe there's a solution. I have an email out to my agent, so I will, um, announce it on all of my social media at I seem fun podcast 
at Jen Kirkman on Twitter. I'll do it on my Instagram stories and, um, I'll do it on the I seem fun Facebook page. So if you can get to any of that, I will find out. And I'll also know for, I probably won't know by the time I record next week's podcast. So just if you have any questions about it, um, I'd say by the time you hear this, uh, tweet me and ask, and I will let you know the answer if I, if I know it and somehow you missed me announcing it. How does that sound? This episode is brought to us by Talkspace, the online therapy company. Um, I think that's their tagline. Well, listen, we'll, we'll get into that later. We don't, this isn't the ad. I'm just telling you, telling you who it's sponsored by. And I don't even have to do that. I just do it because I'm awesome. Oh, did I delete something that I didn't mean to delete? <gasps> I think I deleted something in my notes section that I never met. Oh my God, I did recover, recover. I don't want to delete that. That's not a deletable thing. Notes. Ooh, why did I do that? Okay, here it is. Uh, who else are we sponsored by today? Do I know? Uh, no, it's just Talkspace. Okay, great. Well, I am here in Brooklyn. I don't even know what to talk about. I have so many things that I didn't get to last time. New things have happened. Um, let's just get into a couple things that people have been writing about from previous episodes. And then I'll like ease into the groove here of, um, cause I was going to do some customer service complaint <laughs> that I need to, I, I'm going to, but I'm feeling in a much better place now. So I'm also going to tell a positive story. How's that sound? Um, but some of y'all's were, I'll just start out with some emails. Um, crazy spiritual timing is what I call this email. Um, hi, Jen. Recently got into your comedy because I liked your tweets listening to the pot. That is insane. That is a, <laughs> my tweets aren't even funny. Even I know that. Listening to the podcast now and catching up. I was just listening to Einstein Hated Haters. That's a couple weeks ago episode. It was really taken by surprise when you started talking about Lodro Rinsler and heartbreak. That's my friend who started the Mindful Meditation Center in New York. I've read one or two of his books before, and I've been dealing with the most painful heartbreak I've ever had for the past year. So these comments, while unexpected, were apropos. I have found that mindfulness helps with understanding my feelings and putting them in context. You talking about this came at the right time for me. I'm going to look at his book that you mentioned and also at your books because I know those book sales help you and I want you to do well. See you next time you're in Seattle, Nate. Thank you, Nate. I don't know how soon, how recently you just got into my comedy, but you just missed me. I was in Seattle in September, October. Um, but it's one of the cities I hit every year on tour. Sometimes every other year. It just depends. Uh, I, right now, I don't have any new material for you people. Um... I'm thinking, though, of like in major cities where I have a big fan base, like a Seattle or a Chicago, I'm thinking like instead of going every other year with my new material, like maybe I would go one year and be like, I'm doing a completely improvised stand-up set. So if that's what you want to see, like I don't know what I'm going to talk about. It, it would almost seem like an I Seem Fun episode. Um, you know, I would do that. I just sometimes feel badly charging for that. But I mean, I still think it's an entertaining night, you know. Um, but yeah, so I could go on the, like, I'm just making this shit up tour, you know, which, which I have been considering doing. Um, 
I'm actually thinking of doing that in London this summer um, because I need to go there for something else. And so they want me back at the theater. I'm like, I don't have any... If you live in London, tweet at me if you would come see a show where I'm just making it up on the spot. Um, I'm serious. Tweet that at me, at Jen Kirkman, because that that way I can help sell the theater on it. (laughs) So... Um, just tell me if you that's something you'd be interested in seeing. And the ticket prices would be the same as they were last time, like anywhere between 9 and 20 pounds, depending on your seat the night that you come. Um, well, I'm glad the spiritual timing worked out. I forget the name of his book, but I mentioned it in another episode. Um, I think it's called Heartbreak for... His name is Lodro, L-O-D-R-O, Rinsler, R-I-N-Z-L-E-R. And if you just look that up on Amazon, there's a book about heartbreak on there. Um, Okay, so a lot of people, I was nervous about the body image episode where I was like, this is how I want to look, and I got so many people relating back. So I'm just going to bang out and read some of these emails, and then I'll I'll tell you some stories about what's going on in my life. Um, Jen, I just had to say, I really loved your talk about body image and how you feel in your own skin on this week's episode. Thank you. There is nothing more frustrating than trying to discuss not feeling great in your clothes because of a few off days or weeks, and others saying back. Oh, stop. You look great. With my body type, any little weight gain I have, I can always feel. No, it may not look good on the outside, but just a few pounds on makes me so uncomfortable in my own skin. When I talk about it, I'm not fishing for compliments to boost my self-esteem. I'm just talking about how I feel. Oh, that's the key is when people shut you down, you're like, but I wasn't asking for a compliment. I'm actually telling you how I feel and, and you're not hearing me. And that is going to relate back to something I'm going to talk about later. Um, it's my number one thing where I'm like, you're not hearing me. And I feel like that's like a primal issue with me. Like it's just born that way kind of stuff. And I believe that's why I do stand up. So whenever I do any of these terrible interviews with basic uncreative people who suck at asking questions, oh, my bitter, where they're like, well, how did you know you were funny and wanted to get up on stage? I didn't get on stage because I thought I was funny. It's a deeper issue where I'm like, I need to be heard and understood. Do you guys feel this way? It's a psychosis to get up there and need to ask people that. And thank God that some of us have that psychosis because we keep y'all entertained. You just have to laugh as the world ends. Um, When you live in my body, this is a woman's email. When you live in my body, you can tell me how it feels. But until then, I'll feel the way I want about packing on or shedding any poundage. So thank you, Jen. Wanted to let you know there are people who feel the same way and anyone who gives you flack for your commentary, well, fuck the haters. Stay fun, Kate. Thank you. Uh, Michael says, you're free to use my name. I just wanted to thank you for, like you did in your first book with not wanting children, flawlessly putting into words things that I find myself feeling so often. Well, I doubt I flawlessly put it into words. I find that I have a hard time expressing myself with words and that's what I do for a living. (laughs) I couldn't relate more to your feelings on your weight in regards to expressing your dissatisfaction and others shooing it away. So I thought I would share my situation with you. I used to be 350 pounds because eating makes me enormously happy. I would actually say our relationships with food are pretty opposite in that I constantly want to eat terrible things at all minutes of my life. I enjoy healthy food just fine, but I greatly, greatly prefer things that are absolutely terrible for me, so I usually eat that instead. I managed to lose 140 to 150 pounds. But I'm still not the weight I want to be. I'm 6'1", so 185 pounds is a good place to be and is my ultimate goal. But I've been hovering 
between 200 and 210 for over a year now, and I cannot bring myself to get down to my final goal weight. I hate that. I know in a way losing 140 pounds is easier. That's me saying that to you. Um, I know exactly what I need to do to lose the remaining weight, but because when I focus and work at it, I see results, but I can't work at it for more than a week or two at a time before caving and messing up. That's, dude, Michael, that's exactly where I am right now because my pleasure centers are going crazy. They're like, eat food. You worked hard all day at work. And like, you know, yeah. I always find myself going back to eating poorly on weekends, especially to reward myself for doing well during the week. Five days of basically starving myself versus two days of eating nonstop, thankfully, evens out instead of causing me to gain anything significant. But it is not how I want to be. It's just very difficult to break away from my bad eating habits. As a result, I get stressed out and upset about my weight. And when I express it to people, everyone tells me I look wonderful and don't need to lose any more weight. Some people even tell me I'm too skinny, which is wildly untrue, and that I should gain weight, which is not helpful when your relationship with food is as toxic and sensitive as mine. But you put it best. It doesn't matter what the other people think, even if they are being kind and supportive. It's about how I feel about my own body and where I would be happy being. I know I'm not happy with how I look. I know I'm not the weight I want to be, and that's the only thing that really matters. I wouldn't expect others to be like, you're right, you are gross, please lose more weight. And it may be tough to respond in a constructive manner, but telling me I'm fine or to gain weight certainly is not helpful. Um, Michael, let's, do you want to do like an I seem fun, get the 10 pounds off challenge? (laughs) I don't know what it would be, but if you want to check back in, like now that you know, we know what you're trying to do, um, Maybe you could picture us next time you're reaching for some onion rings dipped in ice cream. Oh, my God. Uh, but maybe you can check in with us if you if you lose any of those pounds. Um, we can cheer you on, even if it's just two or three. Like, I'm like that. Like, before I came to New York, I had lost three. And then it's just, it's all gone to hell. Um yeah, the last 10. I'm just like, why are these? I did not have these pounds two years ago. But, you know, in a woman's body, too, it's like, yeah, 40 and 43 or three years ago, I was like at this kind of goal weight of mine. And uh, like, I'm in premenopause. And when I tell, especially men, when I tell them, it's like, no, I'm like, no, no, it's not. You're, what are you, my gynecologist? Like, no, I'm literally in it. Like, I'm sorry, my body's changing and it happens that quickly. Like, the minute you start losing certain hormones and things are happening and things are slowing down, like your body changes. And so it's like, I have to work extra hard to keep it where I want it to be. And I was like talking about, I had this realization the other day and I tweeted about it and I know everyone probably knows this cause I certainly didn't make it up. Someone had tried to explain it to me a long time ago and for some reason it like wasn't getting it. So we're actually a year older than we think we are, although it's all fine because all of medical science, like if you're a man, it's like most men live until age 70. Like it doesn't mean that if you're 69, you're really 70 and you're going to die that year. Like they mean it based on the, your first birthday is a year you've been alive kind of theory. So here's, here's what I'm saying. When you are born, it's day one of your life. On a 365 days later, you are one years old. But it's not because you are entering into the first year of your life. You have just completed one. So when you turn two, you're not at the beginning of two years. You're at the beginning of year three. So I'm turning 44 in August, but I am in the 44th year of my life already. 
So it, it, it helped bring home the menopause thing to me even more like, oh yeah, technically my body is 44 years old. So it's like, and I was tweeting about that and a ton of men were like, age is just in the mind. I'm like, no, not when you're a woman, like our bodies, like men, I know like your prostate can do a thing. And like, as you get older, but like older, like elderly, your body, like men don't have a midlife thing where their body completely almost loses all of the hormones that even make you like able to conceive or able to I was going to say even be the gender you were born with, but I don't know if that's offensive now, or I don't even know what I'm trying to say. But like when you lose a significant amount of your hormones, it changes how you feel. Like, ugh, I can't explain it. It's not an emotional choice. It's just like without estrogen, like certain things feel this way or that way. And it's like, I'm so sick of people, men telling me ages in my mind. I'm like, I'm not saying I feel old. I'm just saying I feel different. And it's because I'm aging. It's not because I'm not. It's menopause. So, men, I'm putting you on pause with your comments. Honey, it's a podcast you hate. Oh, yeah? Is she doing anything interesting? No. Um, big fan. Have never written before, but I had to chime in as one of those who feels best at a low weight in a more androgynous body. I was a skinny kid with a buxom mother, and I never wanted to grow up into her type of body. Growing up, my oldest brother had this Olivia Newton-John album from when she was country. This was the 70s. On the cover, she was wearing a denim shirt, partially open at the top and revealing no cleavage, what appeared to be pretty flat chest. I remember holding that album cover and literally praying to God I would look like that when I grew up. When I did grow up to be small-chested, I used to joke to my friends that my prayers were answered. Um... I'm comfortable, blah, blah, blah. I don't diet to be in this range, but if my weight starts to creep up, I'll make a lifestyle change so that it goes back to my comfort zone, beer and sugar, my usual culprits. I have never had an eating disorder and I do not suffer from any kind of body image issue. I just know my comfort zone in my body, the place where I feel the happiest and healthiest. So I totally get what you were saying when you discussed your recent weight gain. Wanting to be a certain weight or body type can be a personal preference and not necessarily indicative of any kind of psychological disorder or dependence on societal approval or influence by Madison Avenue. I still don't want big boobs and give me a slim boyish butt anytime. Um, to those who try to taunt and annoy you with the old you will gain weight as you age crap, I'm 52 and still have the same metabolism I had in my 30s, hell, maybe even my 20s. So fuck the haters. Woo! Well, then you must... <clears throat> I wonder if you've gone through... I'm sure you've in menopause if you haven't gone through it. I can't believe that didn't change your metabolism. Yeah, there was a year, like, last year, a couple of years ago, where my metabolism was crazy as shit. Like, I feel like my metabolism in my 30s was a disaster. Um, I'm like, I don't know why my body didn't metabolize those six meals a day I was eating when I was depressed. Um, okay, this is the last one. Thanks for talking about body stuff. As someone who has a lot of acid reflux, gastritis, mysterious gastrointestinal issues... I often struggle with long periods of bloating and weight fluctuations. I'm currently backpacking. Rich bitch. So being on the go, it feels impossible to avoid breaking all of my many dietary restrictions. As a result, I felt a bit of weight gain and bloating for weeks at a time. I'm constantly worried about fitting into my clothes and feeling uncomfortable in my body. And that's the other thing. I have to bring like four outfits to a road gig because I don't know if my pants are going to button. And that's frustrating when I'm slightly thin and a little bit like on the thin side, I can just throw anything in my suitcase and never worry about it. And that kind of lifestyle really fucking works for me. So it's like, I don't want to hear, but you look great. I'm like, no, I don't. I do not look 
like someone who's wearing the outfit she wants to be wearing is really what I'm saying. Um, I'm constantly worried about fitting into my clothes. I'm feeling uncomfortable in my body. I'm not interested in dating right now, and I don't want anyone to be attracted to me. <laughs> I just want to feel comfortable in the size that I'm used to being. I'm short with a smaller build, me too. So when I put on a few pounds, it seems very apparent. Um, ooh, okay, Bernie bros, cover your ears. They don't exist, except I am one because I'm mad about it. Um, I don't know if any of you saw the indictments that came down this week. Hey, I mean, the fact that I didn't start this episode with the I'm right, I'm right, I'm right, I'm right, I'm right, I'm right dance is insane. It literally says that Russia helped Bernie. And you're like, yeah, we knew that. Yeah, but did he? Because I think he did. If I knew it, well, of course he knew it. I knew it when it was happening. I could tell what was happening. I ain't blind up in here. And he said on the Ari Melber show months ago, there's no great secret. And now he won't respond to it. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. But continue to, listen, I don't have the literal answer. It has not been... You know, nobody knows, but I will continue to hold my speculation that while he may not be literally a Russian agent, that he is an old kind of communist guy who really doesn't give a shit about a lot of things. Uh, sure, he's got the right idea about healthcare and stuff, but mainly it's about him and his revolution, and he'll do anything to have it. And um, he doesn't really have a lot of respect for our democracy or America. That's just what I think. Anyway, also I wanted, this is from the same woman I was just reading her letter, so I say, Bernie bros, stop listening right now if you don't want to hear this. Also just wanted to mention that I recently ended a relationship with someone shortly before us breaking up. I'd seen your show in Toronto where you talked about your appreciation for Hillary Clinton. Well, I don't know if I talked about it that. I talked about how I wanted her to be the president. And I just talked about how, um, no, I don't believe she's the same as Trump as one of the uh, people that worked at the festival said to me. They said, uh, but she'd be threatening North Korea too if she were president. I'm like, no, you fucking idiot. But see, that person was propagandized and they don't even know it. Um, okay, so what did this girl say? Where is it? Mm. Oh, I told this guy about how much fun the show was and how you had talked about her, which sparked him to go off on a very ignorant, millennial, and misogynistic rant about Hillary, Bernie, and the need for a revolution. <laughs> I called him a Bernie bro, which he did not appreciate, but I found hilarious. He's an idiot, and I do not miss him. Just wanted you to know that your show was a part of the many motivations for me to get away from this dingus. Thanks for everything. Do not fuck Bernie bros, people. Women, do not give them your bodies. Hey, I don't know what I'm doing. I really don't. Y'all ready for this? Um, all right, this woman. All right. So just listen, just go with my angst here. Okay. So as you know, I moved, I say moved, very dramatic. I moved to Brooklyn for a month, but I'm, I'm, 
I'm coming back to LA for a little bit and then I'll be back. So I'm living in both places for the next six months. Okay. So I have two checked suitcases and they, they fly a first class uh, when, when they get a flight for work. So the two checked bags are free. The third bag, should I bring it, would be like a hundred something bucks. Or I could overstuff the bags and have them be too heavy and pay that charge. And I thought, I don't want to deal with all this shit. I'm going to ship some stuff to my office that I can actually keep in the office. It's like stuff that, that can stay in my office, like some workout clothes, some sneakers, like just some other items that like I can keep in my office desk. Um, and you know, like toiletries for work, all this stuff. So I'm like, I'm just going to ship that to my office and it stays in my office. And then I'll ship it back when I'm coming home. Um, so I bring them into this like mom and pop shipping place that I go to because I feel like there's no one ever in there and it'll go faster. Oh my God. With the talking and the conversations, mind your business. I feel like Archie Bunker. Hey, shut the fuck up. Shut up. I love being in New York. You cannot get the Lyft drivers to talk. I mean, I know that I'm overgeneralizing, but I've had like seven drivers lately and like they just don't care to chat. And I'm like, oh, thank you. And now I find I'm like, how you doing? It's snowing out. And they're like, uh-huh, whatever. I'm like, oh, God, thank you. So anyway, um, I go to the mom and pop place. I go, this doesn't have to get here. I go, this has to get here by Monday. But I don't, whatever's the cheapest of, I know it's going to be expensive because it's a three-day thing. But whatever's the cheapest of FedEx, UPS, and post office, just ship. And I'm like, and I need to buy a box. So here you go. Here's the stuff. I'm like, well, the box is extra. I'm like, no, I, I know that. I need to buy a box. I don't have one. I'm not going to fight you for, on the two bucks cost. But the shipping is still cheaper than it would be to pay for a suitcase. Like, I knew the shipping would be between 50 and 75 bucks. I knew that already. So they're like, that's really expensive. You couldn't fit this in your suitcase? I'm like, don't worry about it. I go, don't worry about it. It's a business expense. First of all, why am I even like, I'm almost going into this thing like, I'm not rich or careless with money. It is a business expense and I'll write it off. It's like, what am I even getting into all that for? I'm like, yeah, I know. This is what I'm choosing to spend my money on today. Thank you. And then she turns around and she goes, oh, where are you sending it to? So I write out the thing, Brooklyn, what's the weather like in New York? What, bitch, you don't know what the weather's like in New York? Just assume it's, it's winter with a touch of global warming. That's what the weather, I said, it's about here, the same as here. No, it couldn't be the same as in California. I'm like, it could because there's no ozone layer. And uh, the, the, the Arctic is melting and polar bears are roaming the streets. Yes, it normally is 20 degrees and there's usually a blizzard every February. But right now, it's about 45 degrees. I go, also, it's not like, ooh, how would I ever find out the weather in New York unless I asked? I mean, was she sitting there all day like, Henry, I just want to know the weather in New York. Well, honey, there's no way to know it. So just stop wanting it. And maybe your urge, you know, maybe you're making the longing worse by, by wanting it so bad. If you just get your mind off it, Henry, how can I get my mind off it? I'm a 60-year-old woman, and I want to know, 
I've just never known in all these decades of my life what the weather is like on the opposite side of the country, the East Coast, you know. Um, I've seen these movies where at Christmas time it's snowing in New York, but I don't know if those are accurate or not, or I don't even know if, I don't know. I just need to know. Well, honey, you're not going to know because there's no way to know what the weather's like in New York. Or, well, Henry, do you think that someone's going to walk in here and and, and, and maybe the, they'll be shipping something to New York and maybe, maybe, well, maybe they've been to New York and I can ask them. Oh, yeah, honey, like that's going to happen. Ding, I walk in. Shipping to Brooklyn. I told you, Henry, I told you someday someone would walk in here that has the information I need. What's the weather like in Brooklyn? I know you're like, Jen... She's just asking what the weather's like right now. She knows she doesn't know. But then she argued with me when I told her what it was. And she wasn't even like, no, like, I don't believe it. Oh, can you believe it with the global and the warming? She was like, no, it's not. I'm like, oh, well, then if you know, then you don't ask me. Already the conversation is so stupid, I can't take it. So then she goes, um, are these warm enough clothes to pack for New York? I'm like, the bit, this, not, this is stuff for the office. This is... I was sending myself like, you know, like a wrap, like a scarf wrap that you would have at your desk for when it, if, if it's cold, even if it's summer and the AC is on and some workout clothes, some sneakers, something. This is not, I'm not walking around New York in a short sleeve Pilates outfit. This is, I, what, I go unpacking clothes. You have coats? Yes, I have coats. I have co- many coats. She goes, oh, but, but then you said you don't need them because it's so warm there. I'm like, it is up and down. It's up and down. I'll be there a long time. It's up and down. Got to be prepared for all kinds of weather there. Could be raining one day, could be hot the next, could be snowing the next. She goes, oh, okay. So then she goes, oh, oh, I don't know if we're going to be able to ship this. I go, oh, is there a problem? Did UPS issue a, we've shut down manufacturing? And we get, she goes, oh, it is $300. I go, oh. Well, that does seem extreme. Oh. So I start to take the stuff and walk away. I'm like, you know what? I guess I'll just have to carry a third suitcase and pay the hundred bucks of the... Because I told you it would be really expensive. I'm like, I said whatever the least expensive of everything is. Because, oh, you can ship, ship it mail for $65. I go, yeah, that's what I wanted. Because I was just giving you all the options. But... That's not how you give options, where you start with the most expensive and act dramatic about it and like hold your head like like a Greek tragedy. Oh, God, I got $300. And watch me almost walk out the door with my things. I'm like, oh, oh, and also the price that you thought it would be that you came in here and said the cheapest of the three, that, that's available. Yeah, I know. She's just giving me options. The, the giving you options is if I came in and said, look at lady, this has to be FedEx. I love FedEx. My dad's name is Fed and my mom's name is X. And it just reminds me of my parents. And I, and I got to ship it. I got to ship it FedEx. It's a family thing. I, 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 I got to do it. But I want it to be cheap. You know, I want it to be cheap. And then, then she'd look up and go, ooh, it's $300. And I'd go, oh, God, I really want to ship it FedEx to honor my family. But that is not cheap. And then that's when she would say, or if you're willing to not ship at FedEx, I can do it for $65 with regular mail. And then I would have the options. But you don't give the most expensive one as an option. If the person doesn't want it, I can't even. Well, I have to tell people how to run their fucking store. I think I do. I think I have to tell people how to run their fucking store. And I don't have time. I got my own life to live. 
So I know that was like, wow, Jen, that story is so good. You mean you've been sitting on that for a week? I will give a shout out to hotels.com. I'm going to tell you about the most fucking amazing customer service I've ever had, where I literally want this person to be lauded in the streets. And if I could somehow find out who they were, that would be like my sleep in Seattle. Like who, I, you know, like what was that movie? Like she heard him over the radio and then her son or, or he heard her over the radio and his son tried to get them together or something like that. I don't fucking know. But it's like, yes, this guy helping me with something like, it's not a romantic thing, but I, I want to just get in touch with him somehow to give him an award. Um, that'd be the most boring movie, but I would love it. I want to make a movie about good customer service. <laughs> Someday I will. You'll see. Oh my God. I may need to go to therapy, uh, which I'm grateful I am in therapy. We all need to take better care of ourselves and our mental health is no exception. That's why today's sponsor, Talkspace, the online therapy company, makes it easy to connect with an experienced licensed therapist that you pick based on your preferences for as little as $32 a week. You can send your therapist text, audio, and video messages. You can even do a live video chat. The Talkspace therapists are fully licensed and go through a rigorous screening process in addition to thousands of hours of supervised professional training. They are the real deal. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com slash Jen, J-E-N. So I would go there right now and just read up on it because I know you're curious. I know you're like, I should go to therapy. And Jen keeps talking about Talkspace and they keep working with her because so many of her listeners are signing up. And uh, as a special offer for our listeners, you can use coupon code Jen to get $30 off your first month and show your support for this podcast. That's Jen and Talkspace.com slash Jen. Talkspace therapy for how we live today. So I have an actual email from a listener who uses Talkspace. So she says, Jen, you are my hero. I know you probably hear that often from your fans, and I hope you do because you deserve hearing it every time it's said. Yeah, people, I'm a goddamn hero. Okay. Anyway, I'd like to thank you for sharing such a wonderful tool, such as Talkspace with your listeners. One of my employees has a teenager and you might find this shocking, but the daughter is not handling puberty. Well, she is really struggling with her mental health and making very poor choices. As a result, my solution, drum roll, please Talkspace. I hope this girl will be able to find the right therapy for her to deal with those crazy hormones. I just wanted to thank you for raising awareness for such an essential resource. See, there you go. And that's actually great. If you're a teenager um, and you're used to like doing things using technology, then get on it. Get on Talkspace, Talkspace.com slash Jen. Offer code Jen, $30 off your first month. Therapy for how we live today, Talkspace. So, um, okay. So what was I saying? Oh, hotels.com. Okay. I'll try not to make this the most boring story ever. I booked, before I found my Airbnb, I booked a hotel for a week in New York on hotels.com. And, um, then I found my Airbnb and I thought that I'd canceled the hotel. I thought, well, you know, 
I'm coming straight from London and then I'm going to New York. I'll stay a week in a hotel and use that week to find the perfect Airbnb. And then I ended up finding one. And so I never needed to stay a week in a hotel anyway. Okay, great. So I find the hotel. I book it. I swear to God, I remember it was on my to-do list for a while. And then it was not on my to-do list. I remember canceling the hotel. I thought I did. I get an email from the hotel that was like, housekeeping went into your room today and you never checked in, which must have been terrifying when housekeeping is like, I've been knocking all day and there's no answer that they must always just be like, we're about to find a body. Like I think that every time, because I'm telling you, there's a new thing in hotels now where if you keep your housekeeping thing on too long, they call the room. Like, are you okay? I'm like, ah, for fuck's sake. So people must be finding lots of bodies lately. Anyways, they email me. He never checked in and I wrote, oh, I thought I canceled it can you just cancel me the rest of the week? And they're like, no, you booked through hotels.com. You have to contact them. I'm like, I thought I canceled it. So I called hotels.com and it was one of those things where I was on the subway platform and I was like, I cannot, this is going to drive me crazy on the subway ride home. I need to begin the call now. But the problem is I can see it says in 10 minutes, the train is coming this needs to only take 10 minutes. And sometimes when you call and it's a call center in India and they have to read the whole thing, like, hello, Jennifer, and welcome to the thing. And thank you for calling. You're like, hurry up, hurry up. So I call the guy and tell him my dilemma. He looks it up. He goes, yeah, I don't see the hotel reservation here. Like you must've canceled it. I'm like, but the hotel says I didn't. And I've already been charged a night and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I don't know. And so he's like, can I place you on a brief hold? So all of this took about eight minutes. And then I see the train coming. I'm like, I'm so sorry to do this. You actually can't place me on a brief hold because I'm about to get on a train and I'm going to lose the signal. And I'm like, I shouldn't have called. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to get home and call again. He's like, oh, I'll just figure it out and email you. I'm like, you you can do that? He's like, oh yeah, I'm sorry. I'll just figure it out. I'll email you. I'm like, you can just, oh my God. And so I get on the train. By the time I got off the train, I had an email from the guy that was like, we took care of everything. They reversed the charge. Um, it was like some glitch and some, like, I didn't even know actually what happened, but he's like, I took care of it. And he emailed me. He was like, have a nice day. And I'm like, oh my God, it was the most amazing. I just, for someone to be like, oh yeah, we can use technology to our advantage. And like, you don't have to sit on hold and I don't have to be confused. Like, I'll just figure it out and email you. I don't know. I was blown away. And maybe you're like, wow, it doesn't take much to blow you away. That's how bad this shit is, peeps. Um, so I give it up to this guy at hotels.com. So my sister sent me a voice memo. It's going to be really hard to find because it's from last week, but she is having some difficult. Now I, my sister has some difficulties with, um, yeah, see, hmm, 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 hmm. Yeah, I accidentally deleted it. My sister was talking about uh, going to the grocery store, and she says she likes all the dairy in one bag, and she puts it on the conveyor belt that way, and then the people never pack it that way, and she does it herself. And if they're like, no, 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 we got it, she'll lie and go, no, I need all the dairy in one bag. I'm going to my friend's house. So I don't want... She's like, I just lie. I'm like, you're allowed to say, I want the dairy in the bag. And you don't have to have a reason, like you're going to your friend's house and everything's going to spoil. Like you just say, in fact, the less you make up these people-pleasing codependent excuses, uh, where you don't think you deserve 
to, ha- to just ask for things. And that's what it is deep down. You just go, I need all the dairy in the back. If you start going into, and then they, cause my friend is coming over and then her husband, uh, tippy, he always falls down. That's why we call him tippy. Well, he's going to fall on the back. People just tune out and just like, Hey, just Anna Wintour, devil wears Prada bitch mode. Like I need that in the back. And then that's it. I need all the dairy in one place. Okay. No, no reason. You just fucking do it. You don't have to say that part, but that's your motivation. Um, my sister wanted to know if anyone out there has these woes at the grocery store where it drives them fucking crazy. And, um, you can write in, I seem fun at gmail.com. And you can put in the subject heading for Jen's sister. She wants to feel less alone people as do we all in our little, our little, um, moments of frustration with how things work. Um, so yeah, I had a great week. I went to see, um, back in the writer's room at Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Now I don't talk about it a lot because I'm uncomfortable talking about things that aren't my own. Like I'm obviously not gonna be able to tell you plot points for the season, but I don't have any like stories from the writer's room. It's like, it's just not, it's like a real job. So it's like, I'm not, I don't even like, like I remember Elle magazine contacted me or my manager. Like, do you want to speak about being a writer on that show? Like it was when the show came out. I'm like, no. And I told my manager, like, I'm not in the New York times. So I'm like, no. And they're like, well, your bosses mentioned your name. And I'm like, oh, well then if they said it's okay to talk, then yeah. But it's like, I always end up saying dumb shit. Um, so anyway, but the show is great and I like working there and it's not like Chelsea lately where I had some autonomy, like I had some ownership of it all because I got to appear on the show as myself. Like I just don't want to, there's like nothing to talk about anyway. It's like, I go to work and I work, but, um, that's why everyone's always like, why don't you talk about it on your podcast? I'm like, what am I going to say? I can't say anything. Like I can't go in this season, you know? And it's like, I'm not going to be like, oh, people at work told a personal story about their lives today. Let me repeat it on the podcast. You know, it's like, but if you want to know what the process is like, it's like, um, see, I don't even feel like revealing that. It's like, it's a writer's room. You go in and, uh, people, there's a lot of talking and, uh, I think people think writing is sometimes you just sit there with your head and you type it all out. And I think there's so much talking and planning and plotting that happens with writing any script, no matter what show, before you even get to that phase. And so um, it's just so funny because like, okay, for example, I went to get a massage this week and this is what's so annoying. Massage therapists out there, you guys act like it's our fault that like our muscles are tense, which it totally is, but it's also like the condition of being human. And so that's what I do. Like when they're like, Oh, what do you do about it? I'm like, I come here for the massage once a week. Like I'm a writer who's sitting all day and I have like a weird hip. And so it goes up into my neck. And so what I do about it is I spend my money on a massage once a week. And and when I'm in LA, it's, it's covered by my insurance at my chiropractor's office. So it's like, I also try to be more mindful of like how I lift my shoulders up when I'm walking in the cold, or if I'm just like nervous about something, my shoulders go up. Like I try to take structured breaks when I'm sitting and writing, but it's like also like there's just times when you just have to sit on your ass and not get up for a little while. And there's just times when you're on a train and you're sitting or you're in bed. That's not your own because you're at an Airbnb and your position is weird. Like it's just like life. So what I do about it is I go to Pilates and then I get massages. So 
I'm, I'm here doing the corrective to the, some of the damage I've done. They're like, oh, it's really tight here. I'm like, yeah, I know it is. Like, work it out, bitch. You better work. Um, so I just find it annoying. I also took this Pilates class this week. I almost went insane. And I know I was about to tell you a good story, but I'm, before I do, I'm in Pilates class. And it's a new place that I've never been to because it's here in Brooklyn. I normally go to New York Pilates. It's the best gig in town, but I had to go to this place in Brooklyn Heights. So I go, I hate people like this. They feel like they're intuitive. And I'm like, no, you're just pushing your weird bullshit on me. So it was me and another girl and it was Valentine's day. And we were laying there and the woman, so there's a thing called getting into neutral spine. So imagine you're laying there and you're back from your bum to your neck is flat, everything touching. That's not neutral spine. So neutral spine is like, there's a slight space under your sacrum, but your ribs are down. And when anyone, I've been taking Pilates for 10 years on the reformer machine. I take class three, four times a week in LA with the same teacher, Jennifer. She's wonderful. Sometimes we'll do a private session. No big I get on the machine and you find your neutral spine and you kind of get settled. And the woman was watching me do that. And she goes, oh, defensive, hard up, Valentine's Day. I go, no. Like, I literally cannot explain how much I am not tortured by Valentine's Day. As a single, as a couple, as a whatever phase of life I'm in, I don't celebrate it if I'm in a relationship and I don't sweat it if I ain't. I didn't even truly remember what day it was. I just knew it was Tuesday night and I hadn't worked out since I got to New York and I really needed to do some Pilates. The woman next to me had a wedding ring on. Like, obviously she's not celebrating it because she's probably not a basic bitch. So the woman was like, a lot of women today have been, have been, um, she basically was accusing me of, puffing out my chest in a defensive way and, and leading with my heart instead of softening it. I'm like, bitch, you are on some kind of crazy trip that I'm not on. I was like, I was finding my neutral spine. She's like, you're overthinking it. I'm like, no, Pilates is like ballet. It's actually a lot of thinking. And she just kept being like, relax, loose. It's fun. I'm like, no, it's actually not like it's actually a very mind body exercise. And there's not a lot of Um, like if you do a private session with your teacher, like there's not a lot of chatting because you kind of can't do two things at once. You have to think about where your body placement is at all times or you get injured. And that's, I go to like correct this arch that I have in my back. I go to correct whatever. And so I've been going for a long time and I'm just never someone that's going to lay on the floor and be able to slowly roll up straight. My core kind of catches at one point and it has to do with my sway back. And I work with my Pilates teacher back in LA about how to do that. And where what works for me is if we need to work the lower abdominals, we do it from more of a lifting of the leg position because, uh, because my body just does not move the other way and I'm not being negative or stuck. It just doesn't. It goes into my neck. So I can practice. I can waste all my time practicing how to move that way and hurt my neck doing it, or I can move the way my body wants to move, strengthen that core. And as a result, I will ultimately be able to move the other way. And it's worked for me. And the woman just would not stop. And, and if we were doing, she would be like, how hard do you want the class today? We're like, well, we don't know what moves you're doing or what you think is hard or not. So we're like, just do whatever. And she was like leading us into things. And I was like, I was like, I'm going to modify on this one. She's like, why just have fun. Let go. I'm like, 
well, because this one hurts my neck because my, I said, I I'm very familiar with my body. My core does not engage when I do that. Yes, it does. I can feel it. And she tapped my stomach. I can feel your muscles. They're very strong. They're engaging. I'm like, right, but I can't feel it. And so it's a lot. She's like, you're overthinking. I'm like, no, 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 you're not understanding. Like it's literally when I'm back in LA at Pilates with Jennifer, I'll go, she'll go, do you feel that in your core? I'm like, I actually don't. She's like, stop doing it. It's not engaging your core. Let's do something else. Like technically I might be working my core. My muscles might be working, but if I don't feel it, she's like, and this Pilates teacher's like, see, you're accustomed to think that that you're accustomed to think you need pain. I go, I'm not looking for pain. I actually don't feel the muscles working. And so it's going into my neck. I'm like, I know what I'm talking about. I've been doing this forever. I was like, it's actually quite simple. But you know when someone's interrupting you and it's almost like gaslighting, when they're like, you're overthinking it. You're like, no, no, if you literally let me get this sentence out, I will be done talking. And she came over to me and like put her hand on my heart. She's like, just stop, just stop. It was like Goodwill hunting. Like, it's not your fault. And I go, listen, I go, oh my fucking God. That's, I never have acted like that in a class. Like I've been taking Pilates literally four times a week for 10 years. I've never gotten so frustrated in my life. And I'm like, this, I am not the common denominator here. Like it's gotta be her. And she's like, I know we get frustrated, but we just need to let our necks go and relax. It's like, that's the hardest thing to do. Let your neck go and relax when you are in a sit-up position and it, and your body doesn't do that that well. Like just, it was just so fucking annoying. I was basically just minding my own business, modifying as I need to do, which is what you're supposed to let people do as a teacher. It was the worst. If there's any Pilates teachers out there, please email me. I seem fun at gmail.com. And she went into this whole speech about, you know, we think we have injuries, but we don't. We think we have this, but it's just negativity. I'm like, oh God, I know. That's not what I'm talking about. She was so annoying. I like literally wanted to get up and leave, but it would have like taken so long. This is the problem with New York. You cannot just get up and leave. It's like, let me put my boots on. Let me get my bag. Let me go in LA. You just walk out the door and your flip flops are by the door and you just like get in your car. Like there's no storming out in New York. It's like, I'm frustrated. Hang on. Let me get all 19 items I have with me. But the woman next to me, I don't want to leave her alone there. And then when we left the class, the woman kept following me like, I know you don't feel heard, but you're not listening to me. But I'm like, listen, I don't want to, we're just not vibing. Like we just don't vibe. Like there's a cosmic thing here between us that I don't know what it is. It's a past life thing. I'm like, we do not vibe. And then the woman like just went back into the studio. She's like, okay. And then the other woman and I were putting our shoes back on in the coat area. I'm like, I'm really sorry. I've never acted like that in a class before. And she just looked at me and she goes, yeah, right. And she walked off. So the other woman in the class hated me and thought I was crazy. It was such a Larry David moment. And she, I totally thought she was going to be like, oh my God, that woman was so annoying to you, but she wasn't. She was just like, you're a not, you're a mess. Um, and I felt really bad about myself for like a day. And I was like, I felt bad about myself on Valentine's Day, but not even for the typical reason, but because I couldn't make it work with this polite teacher. Oh my God. Speaking of Valentine's Day, not making it work. Jen and Justin, what's going on? Oh my God. Jen Aniston's life. Okay. So I've hung out with them before. No big deal. Spent Thanksgiving with them once, went to their house once. Um, not for Thanksgiving. They don't know me from shit. If you ask them, they'd be like, no, I don't know who that is, but it was through Chelsea. Um, I had observations about their life that I will not make because it's not my business, but from my observation with 
Jen, she's a very sweet and earnest person, very kind and very, um, takes what you say at face value. So I think she's actually really, I think the role of Rachel and friends kind of like an underrated, brilliant comedic actress performance, but I don't know if she's got the, uh, dark sarcasm of a standup. And so sometimes I would say things that she would think I was serious and, um, and she's a very lovely person. And so I find that he's probably more on the comedian brain side of things. So I was wondered like, how does that work? Um, that's my only observation really, which I guess I did end up sharing with you. But, um, my point is she had just done this thing in architectural digest that I read. And she's like, I redid my house and it looks beautiful, but it's like that now they're selling that house. Like it just got finished two months ago and now they're divorcing. I'm like, Oh, what a pain in the ass. But her life is literally the thing that I like run screaming from. It's like, how many times can you go to Cabo? Like I've been three times. It's enough for right now. Like how many times can you sit by the pool of the margarita? How many times can you be in your home in Bel Air and have friends over and do this? And then your Pilates teacher comes over. It's such an LA thing where it's like, I'm so famous. I can't leave the house. So everything is at my house. And then everyone comes over and my life is this. And then we go on vacation. It makes me crazy. Like I'm actually, it's probably a blessing. I'm not famous because I can get on the subway. I can go here. And yes, you people have recognized me on the subway and it's always been a delight. Always come up to me always. Um, but it's very rare that that happens. You know, like she obviously wouldn't be able to ride the subway. So it's just like, she has to kind of live in that way. But I know people who live that way in LA that aren't even famous. There's just something about LA that makes you like go within and retire a little more. So I'm actually kind of grateful that I have this both New York and LA experience because as much as I kind of felt like retreating and staying home a lot this year, I was like, Oh, when I was reading about their different lifestyles and he's New York and she's LA, I was like, Oh, right. Like that would make me crazy, um, to be kind of a homebody like that. And not that I'm even out all the time because I'm certainly a homebody, but that thing of like, uh, I don't even know how to explain it. It's just sort of an LA thing where you work really long, hard hours and then you retreat into your home and you don't come out for a while and, and activities end up being like drinks by the pool. And I'm just like, it just, I need a little rough edge and a little excitement sometimes. So anyway, rest in peace, their marriage. I saw on TMZ that they don't think they were ever truly, really legally married. Now, I don't know why anyone would give a shit about that. Um, but I went to a Broadway play last week. I saw the band's visit. I thought it was fucking amazing um, about a group of Egyptian, uh, like a band, not like a band, like a rock band, but like a military kind of band uh, going to perform in Israel. And they got the town wrong. And then they end up staying overnight in this kind of like deserted town with this woman that owns a shop and the people in her life. And the band members affect everyone's lives and are affected by everyone. And it's about loneliness and longing and pain and suffering. It's so wonderful. And it's not at the Barrymore, Ethel Barrymore theater, beautiful theater. And I was so happy because it was such a quiet, small, but it was musical as well show that it was so deep that people jumped to their feet when it was over and gave it a standing ovation. And I was like, Oh my God, a standing ovation on Thursday night. That's fucking awesome. Like I was so happy that people were so into it. Cause I was too. Um, but the star of it is Tony Shalhoub, who's the star of, or what he plays one of the lead characters in Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. He plays the dad of Mitch. And I met him like once on set. Um, 
And he has a connect, like a lot of the writers on the show, like know him through other things and whatever. So there's a bunch of people that I work with. We all went and we got backstage after we got backstage. I mean, it's like, it's Mick Jagger. We, we knew we were going backstage and he was so lovely and so kind and sweet. And you wouldn't have known he just got off stage on a Broadway show. And I had never been backstage in a Broadway theater. So that was delightful. It was just a lovely night where I was like, oh yeah, only in New York does awesome stuff like this happen. And I love that like a TV actor is also doing Broadway in their spare time. Like that's kind of the life I would love if I were, for some reason, just the universe is keeping me writing. The universe is not throwing me out there, um, in acting. And I'm, uh, but, but in, in terms of performing, like I would love to do like a one person show off Broadway, which is my next goal. So it's like that kind of life and also doing TV stuff I love. So I don't think I could do the, I'm in LA in my home and my cozy blanket by the fire. And then I'm going to Cabo. And then when, when I'm not in Cabo, my life looks just like Cabo. Cause I'm by the pool. Like, I, I go crazy. I go crazy. Anyway, I don't even remember what I was fucking going to talk about. Um, Oh, I was going to read a letter. Um, not sexual harassment, but sexism. Remember I was having you guys read that. You can use my name. I have another story about men being weird in public. So in case you guys are new to the podcast, I was having women write in about like things men say to them that aren't necessarily sexual harassment overtones, but you're like, you would not, but it's sexism. You're like, you would not say this to a man. It would seem so condescending and weird. So Mostly guys send me hate mail about it and say they don't act that way. And women are like, this happens every second. And they send me emails about it. So I have another story about men being weird in public. I have recently finished grad school. She wrote that in parentheses. And we'll be moving to a new city to start work. I know where the restaurant I used to work uh, at throws out their boxes. And I love using some of them for packing up dishes and more fragile things. I was carrying an armful of collapsed boxes under my arm back to my apartment on the bus. I'm sitting across... Wow, I think you wrote this fast because I okay. a guy sitting across from me asked what I needed all the boxes for. Oh, I'm moving. Moving? Oh, that's great. You know a really great hint? Label the boxes with what's inside of them. It makes it way easier. Really? In what world do people not label boxes when they move? Does he think I would have gotten to my new place and stood in a room full of nondescript boxes with no clue which to unpack first? Does he think he saved me from having a nervous breakdown when I couldn't figure out what box I put my bed sheets in? I've been in school for six years and between dorms and shitty landlords, I've moved every single year. I am a moving Jedi master. He never would have given such stupid advice to some random guy on the bus. Can you imagine even you're a guy and another straight guy is just staring at you going, what are the boxes for? Even that literally would never happen. Never, ever, ever. Thanks for spreading the word and all these dumb microaggressions that guys have their heads too far from their own butts to notice. Keep fighting the good fight. Hey, don't yell at me. I didn't say that. Um, this is a customer service rant from Christine. She says, I'm on the road and I just called a hotel. The following was the ridiculous greeting I heard. Good evening and thank you for calling the Fairfield Inn and Suites in Bristol, Tennessee, conveniently located off 
I-81, where your comfort is our priority, and we hope you enjoy our complimentary breakfast buffet served daily. This is Michael speaking. How may I be of service to you tonight? (laughs) Oh, my God. I swear I forgot why I even called halfway through all that. This is up there with overly chatty cashiers on the annoyance scale. If anyone out there manages a hotel, good Lord, you're only answering the phone. It's not a commercial. For the record, the hotel itself is lovely. Is it the New Yorker in me, or is this a bit much? It's a bit much. It's a bit much. Um, okay. Another, this is a longer email and I haven't read it in so long, but customer service email, uh, cold brew boils my blood. Hi, Jen. I thought you'd be the one person to understand this predictable dilemma. The unapologetic, not as cool as you think you are barista. Like I appreciate hardworking and genuine people so much that when others who deliberately tried to be cute, especially while getting my order wrong, just boils my blood. I usually get a tall iced Americano when I can afford a quick three dollars uh, at Starbucks. The key word here is quick, not suave. But today I wanted something stronger. I go for a cold brew with vanilla ice cream. They have that at Starbucks. I met the speaker and go. Hi, can I get a tall iced vanilla bean cold brew? The guy's like, what? Oh, a vanilla bean frap? I said, what was that? Someone else comes on quickly, a woman, and calmly corrects me on the vanilla bean issue. So whatever creamer they had, I said, okay, fine, just a bit, please. I pull around, homeboy's got a mountain of whip on this coffee drink, and I'm like, no whip, please. Not only was he unapologetic, unapologetic, like at all, believe me, I know customer service like you have done many rando jobs before stepping into my career. Even the other baristas in the back who are always on point were like mentally, girl, you're on your own. For fuck's sake, he's like, oh, I thought you said whipped cream, my mistake. Goes in the back, doesn't come back for like two minutes, comes back and starts making the drink in front of my face. I then say, knowing he probably threw the other drink out to kind of hint like, hey, dude, I got to go. You can just give me the drink. I'll push off the whip. He says, nah, I got you. I move quick. The irony is just so subtle and beautiful. I had to see where this is going. Anyway, he's like, have a nice day, beautiful. I say, thanks. Drive off. The drink is freaking horrible. I mean, I know it may come across as I'm difficult, but I guess being spoiled by being a Canadian girl of Haitian descent, Living in Miami where Cubans can make the meanest cortadito for a buck 25 at corner stations, I expect a little more for three times the price. Yeah, well, you're not going to get it at uh, Starbucks with a dumb dude there. So anyway, I go back to tell him, sorry, dude, can you please just make it black? No cream, he says. And this is why I remember life is a parody of a tragedy. He says, it's okay. I'm like, what? He goes, I, sorry, I don't understand what you're saying. He says, it's okay. Like, what? No, oh, I'm sorry, I couldn't get it right. And I know he's been working there for a bit. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, you're like, can you please do this? And he goes, it's okay. That's like the time I went to Starbucks and they got my drink wrong and they go, all right. And they didn't go, sorry, or we know you're in a hurry. Like, I'd pre, or what? I, I know. I know you're like, you totally fucked up reading the way that I wrote things in my style of writing and speaking, but I did. I did. Um, But look, we all get bad customer service sometimes. Oh, do you guys want to hear? I'm going to end the podcast on this. Digest it how you will. So let me look up something really quick first. Um, Because I just want to see. I have to say this part first. Okay, there's a show called Westworld. Um, 
And I think Lena Dunham has something to do with it. I'm not sure. Anyway, just keep that in mind. Maybe she's a producer on it. Something. I'm in Pilates the other day. This, this two twenty something's talking to each other. This one girl goes, I've been binge watching West Wing. It's so good. I never watched it when it was on because I was a kid. And her friend goes, oh. And this other woman goes, oh, doesn't Lena Dunham have something to do with that? And then the third woman goes, I don't know. I mean, and then the original woman goes, well, West Wing's from 1999. And then another woman goes, yeah, Lena would have had to be pretty young then, but she has worked forever. That was the conversation. It's like, no, it's West World that she has something to do with, not West Wing. Also, if someone's like, no, no, West Wing, the show started in 1999. How would Lena Dunham, a woman in her 20s, have been a producer on that? Unless she was two years old or whatever the age is that you would have been in 1999. Anyway, so that's the world we live in. Until next week, have fun.